This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, October 15th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into, Jay Book. Halfway through the season here, Buckeyes, with the uh, off week this week. Not really an off week for the players. They practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They do have the weekend off, so this is where coaches always get worried is when the players have an off week. But um, let's start with your biggest pleasant surprise on the offensive side of the football for Ohio State midway through the season if there's one thing that you have to pick to be your biggest pleasant surprise on offense so far what would it be Jay Book I would say it's right tackle Dewan Jones I I was uh, I'm really surprised how well he's playing if you look at pro football focus they've had him graded out I believe two or three times out of the last six weeks as a top offense alignment in the Big Ten And that speaks volumes because you look at the talent that Ohio State has. The Big Ten is known for having uh, a lot of talented offense alignment across the board. And for Dewan Jones to be grading out so high for a guy who's a first-year starter at a right tackle, he was always a left tackle. But I think he's he's playing extremely well right now. He's not giving up a lot of pressures. And the guy, if he can get his hands on you or if he can get to the second level in the run game, he is an absolute mall. And I'm surprised about how well he's playing so far. I like that one a lot. Really curious about your take on the defense. Same question with the defense. I feel like it might be down to two guys here if I had to pick. But I'm curious to get your take on it. Biggest pleasant surprise on defense through the midway point of the season. I have to go with my guy out here in Scottsdale, (laughs) Denzel Burke. I mean, the, the kid is playing sensational as a true freshman. He, he's leading the nation as far as snaps uh, without allowing a 15-yard pass completion. So that tells you right now that this kid came in here really polished early on in the spring. He battled against Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, showed that he had no fear, and he just continues to get better. He's putting himself in great position. He's going to go up against uh, a lot more talented guys coming up in the meat of the Big Ten. But so far, just having Denzel Burke being uh, a down-in, down-out starter in this defense as a true freshman, but also playing at an all-Big Ten type of caliber, a freshman All-American caliber level this early in his career has been huge because now, you know, you have three solid guys with Burke and Cam Brown and with – and with Seven Banks, and with Seven Banks being hurt early on, just the emergence of Denzel Burke being able to has speak volumes there. So I, I am really happy with his development. I think he has the potential to be a future first-round cornerback. 
I agree with you. I think it has to be Denzel Burke. I, I would say um, a relatively close second would be Tyleek Williams, in my opinion, but Denzel Burke has started from day one. I can't think of another true freshman corner that's ever done that at Ohio State. Sean Springs. I'll give started. you a runner-up. <laughs> go, go for it. Who's your runner-up? Steel Chambers. I, I love the way Steel Chambers flies around to the football. I mean, he has natural instincts. That screen pass to where he got off the block against Maryland and blew it up, which would have been a big game, was huge. And he's a guy that didn't play a lot of linebacker. He came over from the running back position. The coaches said uh, that he's just a guy that sees football, goes and go and gets the football. And I love the way he's emerging because he's providing depth there at the linebacker position that they desperately need. I truly believe that he should be getting more snacks because every time he's on the field, Steel Chambers makes plays and he pops off the screen. So he's another guy that I'm really excited about his development so far this season. That's a good call. I was thinking Denzel Burke or Tyreek Williams. I kind of overlooked Steel Chambers, even though I've been saying I'm very impressed with his instincts as a linebacker. He's a see ball, get ball type of guy. Good call on that. Good call. I think you could really pick any of those three guys with Denzel Burke, Tyreek Williams, or Steel Chambers. But I agree. I think Denzel Burke has been the biggest pleasant surprise. I mean, like I said, Sean Spring started as a freshman uh, from day one, but he was a redshirt freshman. <laughs> he wasn't a true freshman. So, uh, yeah, Denzel Burke, very impressive what he's doing. All right, Mayan Williams. We're, I think we kind of got to the bottom of it this week. Now, Ryan Day, when I asked him, didn't flat out say that Mayan had been in the doghouse, but that's what we've heard through multiple sources. And But the good news is we're keeping it positive here on the show. Sounds like he's going to play next week against Indiana, so that's good. I, I feel like maybe he was got in the doghouse, maybe wasn't happy with some things that were transpiring, but the good news, man, it sounds like uh, Mayan's going to be back with the team for the trip to Indiana, and, and they're going to need him. You know, Is Travion Henderson the best running back on this team? Yes, I don't think anybody – disputes that other than maybe Mayan Williams I don't know um but they're gonna need him I, I even as well as Master Teague has been playing I still think Mayan Williams is the second best running back on this team Jay Book so if it works out like it sounds like it's gonna work out good news that Mayan Williams um maybe uh, his trip to the doghouse is gonna end here pretty soon we need him uh to give back to the Mayan Williams that we saw early on in the season I'm sure that you know in his mind he he deserves to be the starter even though Trey Henderson has played out of this world better than what we've expected from a true freshman, but you're going to need those guys. Um, there's times where Henderson, he's going to need to be spilled. And I think Mayan brings that toughness. He brings those hidden yards to the field that you don't necessarily see uh, early on unless you go back and watch it because there's times where he gets bottled up and he's able to take a no gainer from uh, or a loss to two to three yards so I, I love Mayan's game. I think he is a guy that can fit in well with this program. I think that him and Henderson can be the one-two punch that could be a Reggie Bush, Lindell White type of comparison from USC back in the days. And, and I think they have a role for him. It's just for him to, one, stay healthy, and two, just keep his head down, keep grinding. His time will come because he has a bright future and he's going to be a guy that they're going to need down the stretch. Because as we get into the meat of the Big Ten schedule, you're talking about the best division in all of college football. There's going to be a time during this season where Trey Henderson, he's going to get heavy legs. It's just the nature of the beast. He's a true freshman, but he's good enough to where, you know, he's going to battle through that. But you're going to need everyone to, to contribute here, and that's including Mayan. And I expect Mayan to come back against Indiana and play his butt off. And the thing that you're going to get from Mayan, Dave, you're going to get a guy who's going to play 
angry football. He already runs with a chip on his shoulder. Now that he's going to be back in the mix, if he can get those meaningful carries, I expect him to try to knock somebody's block off whenever he gets the football. All right, let's push it ahead here and look at uh, the teams that we think are going to make the college football playoff. Jay Book, it's a wild year in college football. It's wide open. I mean, it seems like there's about 12 teams that have a legit chance of making the CFP. Ohio State is absolutely one of those. I'm convinced if Ohio State finishes 12-1, and one, Big Ten champs, all those key wins that they would get that they're going to make the college football playoff. It's not, a, it's not a sure thing, but I'm convinced they would get in at 12-1. and one. I just hope they get to 12 and one. That's that would be my bigger concern is getting to 12 and one as opposed to if you're 12 and one, you get, are you going to get in if you're Ohio State? So let's project it out, my friend. Who are your four teams that you think will make the college football playoff this year? I'm going with uh, Georgia. They're definitely going to be in there unless something happens where they lose to Florida or Kentucky this weekend and they turn around and lose to Alabama in the SEC championship. But for now, I have Georgia in. Ohio State has the toughest road ahead out of all the teams, uh, beating four potential top 10 teams for Ohio State if they're able to go 12-1 and and a Big Ten championship. That's a lot they're going to be in. Now you look at uh, Oregon, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, um, and Oklahoma. Oklahoma, if they run the table, they're in, but I'm not convinced that they that they won't have a slip up along the way. I just think that Oklahoma's been vulnerable all year. We'll see if Caleb Williams, the true freshman, uh, put a spark in them and really takes them to the next level. So I, I for now, I got Oklahoma in that makes three, and I'm going with Cincinnati. I think Oregon's going to slip up along the way again, which will open the door for Cincinnati to get in as an undefeated, non-power five team, first time in history. And boy, what type of matchup would it be if you had a, an Ohio State versus a Cincinnati day? I mean, that right there would be absolute TV uh, ratings gold. But for now, that's where I see it. But as you mentioned, there's so many teams. This thing is absolutely wide open. I was looking, listening to, uh, you know, cover three podcasts coming from 24-7, and those guys made the, the hypothetical situation and said, if you have an undefeated Michigan going into the Ohio State game, if Ohio State wins that game closely, they see the committee putting in both Ohio State and Michigan, 11-1 Michigan team, in there over an 11-1 Iowa team or a uh, undefeated Cincinnati team. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I can see it. I feel like the committee would love to get a major brand like Michigan in there. But I think the Big Ten, they could be in a great situation to get two teams in this playoff if there's more uh, carnage along the way. Because when, when you look at the four top ten teams, it is definitely the hardest. Obviously, those teams are going to knock each other out. It's going to be how far – where they drop. You see it with the SEC. If they have a loss, those teams don't drop very far. If the Big Ten can keep those teams relatively close to the top 10, it can bode well for the Big Ten potentially getting two teams in if there's some slip-ups along the way against the, from the top teams up top. Man, that'd be nice to get two Big Ten teams in. I will believe it when I see it. I'm afraid there's going to be two <laughs> SEC teams in. I, I, I'm afraid that Alabama is going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, and then both of them would get in. If that's Georgia's only loss, they'll get in. If Bama's only loss, um, 
is in the regular season to Texas A&M. That's not a great loss, but they'd be SEC champs. So I think in that scenario, hopefully Georgia just takes care of Bama and Bama's just out. Right now, I, I will say Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Alabama, which is a little bit of a crazy prediction because I'm picking two SEC teams, one Big Ten team, one ACC, um, or not ACC, um, AAC, American Athletic Conference, and I'm leaving out the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 because I think Oklahoma is going to lose another game or lose a game. They haven't lost one yet. If they lose once, I think they're out because they've been so close. Um, they just haven't looked good. Oregon needs to lose again. I think the Pac-12 is going to be out as long as Oregon's not the Pac-12 champ with only one loss. And I don't see a team from the ACC making it with uh, Clemson. It's going to be interesting, man. I, you know, probably my four hey. is probably not, are probably not the four that are going to make it, but that's <laughs> that's my pick is Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Bama. Go ahead, sir. Let me let me throw this scenario out at you. What if Oregon wins out and they are a twelve and one Pac Pac twelve champ? Then, then what happens? <laughs> I think they yeah. have to be in. They, that's what I mean. Or, Oregon has to lose again. They do. For Ohio State, I mean, if they're both sitting there at 12, even though Ohio State's ranked ahead of them right now, and Ohio State would have all of these quality wins, I mean, maybe Ohio State would get in because Ohio State would have all these quality wins and have the same record, and Oregon's loss would be to Stanford. Ohio State's loss would be to Oregon, though. Maybe they would go head-to-head there, or maybe they wouldn't. I, I don't know, but I, I, I agree with you. I think Oregon needs another loss. I think if Oregon w- runs the table, you might have a situation where it would come down to a 12 and one Ohio State with arguably the best resume out of everybody in college football versus an undefeated Cincinnati team. I think that I think that's what it would come down to in your scenario if you're getting two SEC teams in there. I mean, it, it's wild. And the thing is, Dave, I think this would be probably the first year where we can truly say this is the year where we needed eight teams. I mean, the 18 playoff. With all of those teams up up top there, it would just be sensational because every game would just be like a, a mini playoff there, especially in the Big Ten there because, you know, you have, you know, teams sitting at 9 and 10 there in the Big Ten. Every If you win one of those games, it would do so much for your strength of schedule and your perception with the committee if we had the eight teams. I can't wait till that happens, but to me, I think, Ohio State fans need to keep their eyes on Oregon because I truly believe that if Oregon wins out, it's really going to muddy the waters. They definitely need them to lose one, even though Ohio State will have uh, definitely the the strength of schedule. But that head-to-head matchup on Ohio State turf will carry some weight within the committee's eyes. Yeah, last thing, you make a good point about the 18 playoff. This would be the perfect year for it, it feels like. Maybe when you know the dust settles, maybe there'll be four clear teams. We'll be like, okay, four is perfect. But it does feel like this year would be the year to go to eight. I've been against that. I've, I've been saying I think four would be – four is perfect. Usually they struggle to find four teams that are worthy. There might be three teams. They have to you know, get somebody in the back door to make it four. But, man, you're right. It does feel like this year would be the year to have eight teams in the playoff. What do you think about Iowa? I mean, do you think Iowa – is deservedly to be – do you think they're the number two team or do you think, you know, they're a little overrated? Because to me, you know, you look at the 121st offense, it just doesn't sit right with me. And I've yet to see a team that really spreads Iowa's defense out, make them run sideline to sideline. That's why if Ohio State sees them in Indy, I just don't think Iowa has the horses to run with Ohio State. You tempo them to death and make those guys run, I just think that it, it could be a mismatch as far as styles, but I do see Iowa playing a Georgia type of team to the wire, you know, in the low scoring with a 
Vegas total of 32 points over under there in that type of ball game. Yeah, I don't think I was the second best team in the country, but you know they, um, you know they they deserve that spot for now. But yeah, man, I, I don't think they're the second best team in the country, and I agree with you. I mean, I do think their offense is probably a little bit better than where it's ranked. I mean, it's ranked as the uh, what the eleventh worst total offense in the country. Uh, I was looking at that today, the eleventh worst total offense in the country. But they've had games and they've had like multiple pick sixes where the offense doesn't really have to do anything. Again, they wouldn't have a a good offense either way. But I think their offense is a little better than what the stats look. They can run the ball. Um, Petrus isn't a terrible quarterback, but I'm with you. I think Ohio State would have the clear advantage in that game. I don't like how Ohio State would be coming off a very emotional, in that scenario, it would be an emotional win over Michigan in Ann Arbor the previous week. We've seen it before where Ohio State gets up for Michigan, and then you know, we saw it a couple years ago with Wisconsin. That 2019 Ohio State team was a juggernaut, and they beat down Michigan, and then they had to play Wisconsin the next week, and they weren't ready, and they got down yeah. a couple touchdowns in the first half and had to come back and beat Wisconsin. So I think I, I agree with you. I think Iowa would give Ohio State a good game because they're a tough team, um, but I think Ohio State would have – the advantage there and again i think 12 and 1 ohio state gets in that was that i said up on twitter uh earlier this week that was my biggest concern when it came to iowa what what it because ohio state traditionally starts slow in a big 10 championship game because as you mentioned they get up and they give so much emotionally and physically for the michigan game that it's going to take a toll and this year you're going to have three straight sledgehammer games mel tucker in Michigan State, that team, they're a nasty, salty group. I mean, they're yep. the guys that are going to play through the whistle. They're going to punch. They're going to fight. They're going to hit you in the mouth. And they have arguably the best running back in the country, some uh, talented wide receivers, and their quarterback is playing some ball. Their pass defense is not up to snuff. But Michigan State, that's going to be a tough out. That is going to be a battle. And you turn that around and have to get ready for Michigan and then, boom, turn that right back around a week later and get ready for the number two team in the country in Iowa. That's why I say as long as Hall State handled their business, there's not going to be a team in the country that has that resume at the end of the year that's going to be in front of national eyes for three weeks in a row like Ohio State is. But that that told that's where you're going to have Ohio State depth come into play, Dave, because Ohio State is going to have the most depth out of every team in the Big Ten, and that's where it's going to have to play key. Now, we all scratched our head and hit our heads against the wall with this program playing so many younger guys and having the deep hockey rotation that it, I think it hampered those guys get into a rhythm. But at the end of the year, that's where it may come in handy because now you have so many guys with so much experience that you're going to need all hands on deck for those three straight games. Great stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it. Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 